Christy Brooks. My name's Laura Lockington. She's the Yak. And she's the Limey. Hi. Welcome to podcast, podcast number... Nine? I think it's number nine. I think it's number nine. Wow. We're getting there. We're getting there. <laughs> so, Christy, I've got to be asking you something. Do, please. Uh, you were very brave uh, last week, and you went to what I can only describe <laughs> as a murder. <laughs> well, a massacre. A massacre. The a slaughter. The literal translation of Matanza is massacre. Wow. And in Mallorca, it's called a Matanza. Explain what a Matanza is. So, it's is ever a yearly thing that's been probably happening for hundreds, or maybe thousands of years here in Mallorca, um, and it's pig slaughter. And they had a 220-kilo... <gasps> female pig Whoa. and that's a big pig it's yeah, huge <laughs> yeah yeah and um <clears throat> so how many people so well roughly throughout the day there was probably about 30 people okay sort of coming in and going okay. and people showing up and leaving right. it's an all-day event it's they slaughter the pig at seven in the morning and then um yeah I'm making a face, by the way, because <laughs> this, this is a bit gruesome to me. I mean, I get that, you know, obviously I eat meat. Animals have to be killed. I understand that. But I think you were very brave going. I, yeah, to, I have to be honest, I didn't go at 7 in the morning for the killing of the pig. I arrived a little late after it was done. However, that being said, next year, I promise I will do it okay. because I kind of feel like I missed something. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, so were there buckets of blood? There was a bucket of blood and there were buckets of ground up uh, pig and um, they were mixing all the spices in and there was um, so what did you tripe make? hanging from the, yeah, from a trellis. And um, the, the tripe they soak in water and vinegar, so it gets rid of the smell. And oh. then, um, yeah, well, I showed up and sort of, it's my first time. And by the way, I've been living in Mallorca for seven years, uh-huh. and I've waited seven years to be invited, because you kind of have to be invited yeah. to one of these things. Yeah. It's a very big family affair. It's, it's cousins. A, yeah. um, it's an honor to be invited. Yes. Right? Yeah. Yes. It kind of makes you feel like you're in with yeah. the monarchies. So <laughs> tell me what you actually made. Um, well, so I didn't really... What I, what I did is I helped sew. So after they fill the tripe, so they sort of, you know, pushing the, the tripe, uh, oh, sorry, the, pushing the ground, um, we made sobrasada and we made budipara. Uh, explain what, <clears throat> what sobrasada is for sale. So sobrasada is traditional Mallorcan um, ground up pork. Um, and bits. And, and <laughs> et cetera. And bits, bits. yes. yes. Yeah. And... <clears throat> And it's mixed with paprika and salt. Uh-huh. And so it's either spicy or it's uh, sweet and paprika. And it's quite soft, isn't it? It's very soft, yeah. It's kind of like the, the texture of ground beef. Sort of like pate, almost. Which yeah. Which is kind of, right? Sure, yeah. Okay. It, they look like big sausages yeah. when you buy them in the, in the market. Um, and, 
they're really very Mallorquin. Like, they yeah. don't make this in other parts yeah. of Spain. This is very... And they're very delicious. And they're wonderful. They're really, really um, delicious. The the bigger store-made, uh, store-bought ones that you get, the ones that kind of come from the bigger uh, Mallorquin companies, uh-huh. they take out the good bits of the pig and... Um, and they put sort of put the rest in. Uh-huh. But so if you go, if you get it locally made like this yeah. by a family, yeah. and it, it's a, it was actually a really happy yeah, event. It was, and tell me, what were you sewing? What did you I was, sew? So, so after they fill up the tribe, uh-huh. they, it needs to be sewed shut. So I was threading needles and sewing. Do you mean the sausages? Kind of. It's not really the tripe. Well, the tri- the, in, the, in the intestines. In the skins. Yeah. Yeah. So tripe is a different. Is that not tripe? No. Okay. So I googled the translation. No, what they no. were telling me. Yeah. No, it's not. Ah. Tripe is white and frilly. Oh, the it's stomach the, lining. Yeah, it's the stomach lining. So you were using. They were using the intestines, the intestines of the pig, right? right? To make the kind of sausage Yeah, things, so they, right? then they, they fill it up. They, yeah, yeah. They, they have a way of filling it up. And once they're filled up, they need to be sewed shut. Uh-huh. Um, not that off. And then you dip the sewing, the sewed bits in black pepper. And oh, really? that is because it prevents flies from getting into the little holes where the sewing oh, is. Oh, right. And um, because then after it's, after it's sewed up and dipped in black pepper, it's uh-huh. tied up into a... Onto string and you hang it. Yeah. And you wait. How long do you wait for? Well, it depends. So, like the the thinner ones uh-huh. um, are are ready in a couple weeks, uh-huh. and then the fatter ones. I have got three different sizes. So there's another fatter one that's uh-huh. done in two months, and there's another huge one that won't be ready for four months. So you're kind of just letting it cure. You're letting it cure. Yeah. So they put other spices other than paprika. But obviously, they put paprika, which is like the island spice, <clears> isn't it? Really? Yeah. Um, so versada is just paprika, salt, and pork, and that's wow. it. And it's so good. Yeah. Um, it's really interesting that it's so simple, and there's no additives, no nitrates, so it's yeah. really natural. Yeah. Um, and I am assuming that every scrap of the pig is used. Everything is used. Everything is eaten. Everything I mean, is used. well, they had... They had some leftover bones. They had some leftover stuff that doesn't go inside. Uh-huh. Some Mallorquins make um, another thing called camiot, which goes uh, even uses, uses more. But apparently, that's a lot more laborious. Um, okay. And they, these these neighbors of mine, they didn't they didn't Good. make it. So we also made butifara, which is which is <clears throat> it's made with um, the blood, uh-huh. and it's also got the meat and everything. But then they add the blood. And allspice, yeah, um, black pepper, salt, and pine nuts. Oh, really? Yeah, and kind those... of like a black pudding, yeah, sort of, because that's made with blood, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's a bit of a yeah, a bit of a gruesome. And business. these ones don't be cured. These ones we tied them up uh-huh. immediately and then boiled them, and then so they're cooked immediately. They cook. Yeah, right. okay, um, and. They were eating the sobrasada right there, fresh, really? not even cured. So kind of warm. I wasn't ready to do that. I was like, <laughs> no, I, that's okay. And they were all drinking um, yerbas uh-huh. and mezcladis, which is a local, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. locally made liqueurs here. And there's the abuelas, the grandmothers, just sitting in their chairs next to each other, watching the whole thing the whole day. Fun. Kids running around. Right. 
Yeah, and apparently 40 years ago, they used to um, actually, at the end of it, so we finished about 4.30, and 5 o'clock we had a big um, dinner. Uh-huh. I don't know who was cooking. I didn't see any cooking happening. But there was arroz brut, which is a typical Mallorquin soup. Okay. And... <clears throat> And um, and normally after the dinner at five they would have typical Mallorquin dances, right? Um, which is a really jolly dance. Yeah. And apparently it was like a huge event, and and people would meet their husbands and wives here. Like wow. this is where, like, yeah, this yeah. was um, a big social gap. It's this culturally important. Of, yeah. yeah, I can just say, well done you for going. I think. I really do think you were very brave. I had such a good time. And it was hard work, you know. I sat there for five hours, basically, sewing sewing up and sort of threw myself into anything that they need, let me know. Um, And mostly it was that. And I want to ask you, was it one of those sort of occasions where the men do one thing and the women do another thing? Because usually it's like that. It is like that a lot. um, But no, this was... Really? Everybody doing everything. Okay, cool. Um, Did the men sew? No. No. The men didn't sew. There's always something, isn't there, that the women... I considered that's a woman's job. Yeah, sewing is. The men a were doing job. the grinding. Yeah. Okay, yeah, you're yeah. right. You're yeah. right. But everybody was participating um, in it, and 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 people would stop and take breaks, and somebody else would sort of take yeah. over. The men did the tying up uh-huh. after it was sewed; they tied up. And, and I'm guessing that the men actually sorted the pig. I'm guessing that too. Yeah. I'll, I'll tell you next year. <laughs> I'm going to go. Wow. Um, was it you that told me that there was a big article in the Washington Post oh, yeah, about this? Oh, it's a big thing. Yeah. yeah I'm just surprised it made it all the way to the United States. I think it's one of those sort of ritualistic kind of gatherings that people are quite intrigued about. Yeah. And as you said, you have to be invited. It's a real cultural big thing in yeah. Mallorca. So, yeah, fantastic. Yeah. I'm waiting to taste the Sobrasada. Well, so the, the thinner ones, the yeah. longer ones, these ones are ready, and okay. these ones, they're called longanisas. It's okay. the same ingredients, but they're longer and thinner, okay. and what they do um, around now is you, you would put it on, onto the fire okay, and eat it with cool. a piece of bread, like bread and sausage. Can so. we have some next week? Absolutely. Fantastic. Yeah. Because I have to say, I mean, everyone thinks, you know, Mallorca, beautiful weather, which I have to say, usually it is. It's now winter, it's cold, but it's not as cold as it is in Chicago. Chicago. I mean, I was uh, astonished. I saw the mayor of Chicago uh, begging people not to go outside and breathe. Don't breathe breathe deeply. Because if you breathe deeply, your lungs will freeze. I mean, that is shocking. That is so true. Yeah, I promise you. It was on the news. I I saw it on the news and I was really shocked. It is really... And they're calling it Snowmageddon, which I think is hilarious. That's a good name, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, Britain has been hit as well. The UK has been hit. I've loved that people have gotten really creative with it. I saw a photo of, like, frozen pants. Yes! (laughs) And then somebody's, like, pasta dish with the fork. Like, so somebody's, like, lifted up a So the spaghetti is frozen. Yeah. Yeah. And how how easy it is to... uh, That would be fun to sort of get playful, but the... Not being able to breathe. Not I mean, that breathe. If you breathe too deeply, your lungs too will freeze. Too deeply, too quickly, maybe. Just deeply. You just. I mean, it's just shocking to me. It was really scary. I think. Oh, that is. Um, scary. I'm feeling a bit smug because my hometown of Brighton is now covered in snow, and 
anyone who's ever been to the UK in the winter will know that it just stops. Everything just closes. I mean, people seem to think it's some sort of... Snowmageddon. Snowmageddon. <laughs> there are no trains, there's no public transport, the schools are closed, everyone's moaning about it. I mean, it's a big deal, isn't it? You know the yeah. Norwegians and the Swedish, they're probably just laughing. Yeah, of course <laughs> they are. Of course they are. <clears throat> they manage to function perfectly normally, don't they? Well, apparently, yeah. I don't quite get that. One of these days I'll make a trip and try to understand how people live yeah. like that. <laughs> well, the other thing that... Um, caught my eye is, uh, interestingly, it's the first uh, person that's being prosecuted in London for, it's a Ugandan woman and her husband who are being prosecuted, the first people to be prosecuted for FGM, which is female genital mutilation, as I'm sure we're all aware, which is a truly horrific thing. Um, But, I mean, what can you say about it? It's appalling and it must stop. But, the police uh, raided their, their home and they found 40 limes with spells inside them, an ox tongue uh, which had screws embedded in it. What? And this was aimed at silencing the social workers and the police. Um, I mean, it, so she's a self-concept sort of professed witch from Uganda. Um, and I know that we're meant to respect cultural differences, mm. but there has to be a line drawn, surely. Surely. So, you know, we've outlawed this. This is illegal to do. <clears throat> so she absolutely... So they should be prosecuted. Absolutely prosecuted. How long has it been outlawed? Oh. Yeah, who knows? Who knows? I mean... I, because... Yeah, sorry, I, I mean, guess, years, how would you know so that? Yeah, I, yeah. Years, yeah. Um, because I think it's just starting to be outlawed because if it didn't happen yeah. you know a hundred years ago yeah, in the United States why would well, they have should, a law exactly right yeah it's um, like Queen Victoria and lesbians yeah she signed the uh, declaration to make homosexuality illegal and she couldn't believe that it ever happened between two women so lesbianism was never illegal because Queen Victoria didn't believe it could happen yeah. and I think it's a bit like FGM really FGM um I think it's terrible. Of course it I is. I think it's absolutely Barbaric. horrible. Yeah. Um, and I think it should stop. And I've, I've, lo- I've, uh, I've seen films yeah. and I've met some people who are on the, sort of on the front line. Yeah. They do it in, in several places still yeah. in Africa. And it's still very much accepted in the culture as something that should happen. Yeah. And if it's not happening. So they say that it does take several generations for them to sort uh-huh. of get it past it. But that being said, what's your take on... Um, on circumcision. Yeah. See, you know, yeah, we know. don't stop that. No, but you know what doesn't really bother me? Because you're not a man? <laughs> exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, I agree. I think it's. it seems... Um, it's know, worth discussing, though, and the same... Well, the argument is, isn't it, with circumcision, of course, that it's a hygiene issue, and that, you know, it started in the desert where it was very hot, and it was much water, and it was more <laughs> hygienic, and everything. You cannot compare circumcision to female genital mutilation. Also, it's a completely also different they thing. do it to men when they're babies, and they usually yeah. don't remember. Yeah, and they do this to yeah. five-year-old, six-year-old girls. So, oh, and yeah. and older. Yeah, you know. So you know that's that's a whole different yeah. um, can of worms. On a slightly nicer note, um, the shit show which is Brexit. <laughs> I mean, it's appalling, right? It's, and I. 
I can't bring myself I really to talk about it almost. But I did read this thing um, on Facebook, which kind of made me laugh. And it says, things that the UK cannot cope with. Two inches of snow, heat over, over 25 degrees, drones, <laughs> KFC running out of chicken, a woman playing Doctor Who, supermarkets closing on Christmas Day, and a no-deal Brexit. But... The things we thing we can cope with is World War Two. <laughs> so I mean, it sort of sums it up, doesn't it? It's a shambles, and it's embarrassing, and it's messing with people's lives, and it's pure brinkmanship. It's appalling. I just uh, I can't even get my head around it anymore. Uh, yeah, it, shocking. And March twenty ninth is that yeah. it? March nineteenth, yeah. end yeah. of March. It's yeah. around the corner. Yeah. I don't think they're going to have... No, of course they're not. So no, no, there's going to be like Irish troops on the Irish border, oh, I've heard. The Irish and All the big companies yeah. are going to be leaving the UK yeah. and putting their headquarters in, in well, Switzerland and Europe. I think there's a degree of scaremongering about that because um, large companies have always moved offices around Europe. You know, it's, it's not, that's not such a big thing, I think, to be honest with you. Um, but the rest of it is... Just, it's, it's protecting a handful of incredibly wealthy people with offshore accounts who it doesn't bother them so they can afford to posture yeah. um, and you know us poor peasants um, have to live with the results and it's it's shocking it really is shocking I'm, I'm sorry for you thank you I feel um, <laughs> yeah I mean I'm not British so I but you know calling, we in the United States have our own big oh your own issues yes. <laughs> issue so i kind of have a little resolve like okay we're not the only country yeah, that's going through complete turmoil yeah. exactly <laughs> it's sort of, it's got a sort of fellow feeling about it really yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, um, misery loves company <laughs> yes it's true um <coughs> the book i was going to recommend this week um actually is also very conveniently um a rather good film as well so it's the wife by Meg um, Howlitzer. I think I've got that right. No, sorry, Woolitzer. Woolitzer. Um, it's a, she's, a, she's a wonderful writer, and it's a fantastic book. But interestingly enough, I thought the film was actually better, which I really think that. Hmm. Um, Glenn Close is in it. I think she's up for She's good. She's a great actress, she's isn't she? She's a great she? actress, yeah. Um, it's a really very interesting story. I, I don't want to give too much away, really, but... Um, it's a typical uh, sort of man in the public eye who wins the Nobel Peace Pri- uh, Nobel Prize for Literature, and she has supported him all his life. And there's a really good twist at the end. That's all I can say about it, really. But it's one of those films that's it's intelligent and it's creative, um, and it makes you think, and it's fun to watch it's not heavy but it's nice. it's not a light comedy which is is a good thing what, is it a recent film yeah really recent okay. very new yeah um, and the book the isn't wife. isn't that old either so I would give it a uh, definitely give it a whirl The Wife by she's a British author Goddess. no she's American American author yeah really good huh great nice. writer um well I uh, I, I know I have a tendency yeah. to see films before I read books, yeah, yeah. and then if I like the film, then I'm reading. Then I'll read the book. <laughs> um, but yeah, sometimes I do it in reverse. Anyway. 
but yeah. Um, You've been to Barcelona, Christy. I just got I got back from Barcelona. Yeah. I had to I had to go to Barcelona. Tell us why you had to go uh, to Barcelona to buy my new car to okay. bring it home. I had I had paid for it and I just needed to bring it home on the ferry. Um, for some of you listeners that have been listening for a while, I lost my last car in the floods and it's been three months and I finally got a new car Hurrah! and had to leave the island to get a good deal um cars are expensive here right apparently they are compared to what they are up in the UK yeah I I guess they are I don't know what to yeah, compare okay. it to um but uh but yeah I uh, my flight to Barcelona was 18 euros fantastic so that was the score and I've got a friend a good friend who lives there so um and her boyfriend who's a traffic cop happened to be retiring on Saturday and he's the one who actually went and looked and chose the car for me and so um he took us out to a nice dinner um, oyster bar and champagne and champagne. Nice. Which was it? Champagne or was it Carver? It was champagne. Oh, wow. It was Marilyn Monroe's favorite champagne. Oh, Mom. Yes. Yeah. And that oh, was, tell us about the picture. This is, that's really funny. Right. So everybody's done this ten-year challenge, um, which I've been totally like, no, I'm not doing that. But then there was uh, we were drinking this bottle of champagne, which is Marilyn Monroe champagne, and my friend brought up a picture of Marilyn Monroe's you know, being poured, being served this champagne. It's a really posh little picture of her. And said, okay, let's do it. So I actually held you the posed. bottle and I posed yeah. like her. And it's a and really I, nice picture. Yeah, and that was my 10-year challenge. Right. <laughs> I, I don't know if you saw, I, I uh, put on Facebook the my favorite 10-year challenge, which is Keith Richards. Because Keith Richards has looked the same. Yeah, so but, but like a hundred years. Age. He doesn't age. Or is he a vampire or something? I think so, yeah. I mean, he looks pretty bizarre anyway, doesn't he? I mean, he's just one of those wrinkled, mad, lived-in, sort of crazy, good-time faces. Um, and I just put the same picture up twice saying, you know, Keith Richards, <laughs> 10 years challenge. Because he is completely, yeah, I don't think he's, he's changed at all, no. Um, so did you... Did you get the wine in Barcelona this time that we're drinking? Um, yes, I did. And this was exciting because um, I had a car. It was coming on the ferry. So I told um, Jackie and Antonio, I said, um, let's go put fill, fill up the back of the car with wine. Because <laughs> normally you can't bring it over yeah, of course. Um, in a carry-on. So we did. I, I um, He brought me to this. Um, this is a, a wine cellar. Um, Cellar de Gelida, de Gelida, G-E-L-I-D-A, and it's it's a wine shop that's been open since 1895. And you walk in, you, I was like a child at a candy store. <laughs> you walk in, and um, I mean, just wine. There's two stories, and you walk into the center, and there's this spiral staircase with this wine cave downstairs, and bottles like the walls of wine and dusty bottles all the way down and I was like it's gonna be really hard to get me out of here um and so yeah we spent a nice 45 minutes you know kind of going through and I picked out about eight different bottles of wine um that will slowly over time but stuff that I knew I couldn't get in Mallorca right and and, and this is one of them right and this is one of them um this is one I've never seen there uh, seen here and um it's Vinyas del Vero from the Somontano um, 
region, which has only been a wine region in Spain since 1985. Um, it's the foothills of the Pyrenees in the Huesca um, area, so it's sort of in the middle of the Pyrenees at the bottom. Um, and they, yeah, 1985, they made their own um, region, and this is probably the biggest um, bodega, the biggest vineyard. Um, it's a pretty um, 750 acres of grapes, hectares, sorry, hectares of grapes. And um, this one's a, a mix, Cabernet Sauvignon and Merlot. And I chose it because of the grapes, because it's not typical Spanish. Usually it's Tempranillo and Garnache and etc. And um, the Cabernet Merlot mix, and it's only 13.5% alcohol which um, there's a lot of Cabernet Merlot Syrah mixes here in Mallorca, but they're all like 14, almost 15, 15 percent. Yeah. Oh. So I was kind of curious. Um, and what do you think about About it? the taste? Well, I think it's actually quite light. You can tell it's a young wine. Um, it's, I feel like it's um, a nice balance between Cab and Merlot. It's, okay. Sort of reminds me of a California wine. Oh, does it? Mm-hmm. Maybe that's why you like it. Not quite heavy enough. Okay. It's, I think it needs more cab. Um, but yeah, I like it. It's um, it's, it's easy drink. It's a light. It's it's not overbearing at all. Um, they're all aged in oak, but that doesn't have an over oakiness to it. Sometimes um, vineyards will just add oak flavor and right and to cover up, and it's but too it much, doesn't yeah. have this. You you get you get the fruits. Um, I got black currants. You got black currants, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you get black fruits, black cherry. Uh-huh. Um, I got a little bit of plum. What would you drink it with? Um, I think you could... This is a kind of bread that you could almost... It's really versatile. I think okay. you could... Uh, um, chicken, pork, anything vegetarian. You could probably have this with um, Indian food if you wanted to. Right. You know, it's, it's not a heavy... Um, it's not really heavy, which I kind of, as a cab, I would expect it to. And how much was it? I mean, was it? Five it, euros. Oh, wow. Five euros. So it's good value. Yeah. Right. And yeah. Well, you know me. I'm always looking for good value. Good value. Yeah, yeah. Um, I did buy another um, bottle from that place that was really good the first day. And I had a glass one night. And then the next day, it was not nice. So you had to drink it there. So then. it sort of needed to be. That's a shame. I can't imagine that you. You managed to drink the wine. I, I didn't manage. <laughs> That's very unusual for you, isn't it? <laughs> well, yeah, it actually is, but I'm a lightweight these days. <laughs> um, but this, so this shop in Barcelona, um, Seller, S-E-L-L-E-R de Galida, they also, you can order online um, at sellersdegalida.net. And it was a really exciting wine shop and wine experience. And if you guys are in Barcelona, oh, I had one more thing in Barcelona I wanted to recommend. We also went to this little tapas joint in uh -huh. the Bourne, really crowded, tiny little place, yeah. tiny little tables. You know, those um, old champagne glasses, uh -huh. the sort of shallow ones. Yeah, yeah. And they serve a really light, fizzy white wine that's their house, um, uh -huh. their own wine. It's um, only 10%, so it's light in alcohol. And the best tapas. Really? And not expensive. I mean, you get there, they serve you bread, and then you sort of have a, a, a selection. 
but it was amazing food and really? it was really charming little atmosphere. Do you remember what it was called? It's called Champanette. Champanette. It was an ex Champanette. Champanette. Yeah. So if you go to Barcelona, yeah, um, I want to go to Barcelona now and go to that. You should. Sounds Flights so are good. like twenty euros really round trip. We're going to see all of you guys in Barcelona. I think we've all, all got to go there, really. Yeah. It's a fun city, Barcelona, right? It is. It's a really fun city. Um, and has it recovered from that terrible incident they had? That was, was that last year, two years ago, yeah, something like that? It was two years two ago. Two years ago, wasn't it? I did notice on the metro that there were some guys, you know, some army guys out there with their big guns and their okay. do- bomb-smithing dogs. It always makes me nervous. Yeah, but it makes me nervous, too. The Spanish police are really amazing at, um, you know, that some of those incidents could have been a lot worse. Yeah. So I think they're really they good at doing well, their job. Yeah. And did you notice that I think that, I think I read somewhere that um, there's now sort of bollards up in the roads so that yeah. cars... Is that... Did you notice that? Yeah. yeah. I noticed that even here after that happened. Yeah, that's true. Um, but yeah, and also one thing I noticed about Barcelona, I think, you know, they always say Paris is the city of romance. Uh-huh. I think Barcelona is the real really? city of romance. There's couples, like, making out everywhere, <laughs> holding hands, yeah. um, something is very romantic about this old place it's simple it's casual um and it's quite elegant i find i think i think barcelona is quite an elegant city yeah actually yeah and down in the gothico area we we just sort of walked around on sunday with a long walk and there was this um woman who was performing street opera fantastic and she was amazing she just you know pressed play and started singing and, Do you know what she's saying? Do you know what she's uh, saying? The only one I recognized was Ava Maria, okay. which I was like, oh, I know this one. <laughs> um, but, you know, like, as poor folk that can't afford to go to the opera, yeah. it was sort of like a treat that we yeah. could just sit here and watch her just in the streets. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It is amazing. I have to say, <clears throat> talking about the opera, I li- when I lived in uh, uh, Florence, um, I went to the opera there and I went once I never went back because and this is so hilarious to me I, I just c- I couldn't cope with it um, it started at four o'clock and I thought this is a very strange time for an opera to start four o'clock you know it's usually an evening thing isn't it yeah um, it starts at four o'clock because um, after every aria there's huge applause and an interval so and the performance sort of starts at four, and at half past eight, we were still sitting there, and the opera was only halfway through, and wow. we had to leave because I was so hungry, I thought I was going to faint. <laughs> and the, the audience brought in picnic boxes, oh, so they're sort of sitting, eating, and talking, and booing and hissing if they didn't think the singing was up to it, and then clapping. Wow. Thought it, was, it is the no- it was like going to a pantomime. It wasn't like going to an opera. It was quite extraordinary, actually. Very strange. I've never been to an opera. Really? And I would really like to well, go to one. Well, we've got to go. Yeah. We've got to go to Covent Garden. We had just been walking by the opera house that afternoon. Yeah. yeah, and then it was about an hour later, we, we, we passed yeah. by and saw her singing. And, oh, that, it's fantastic. And we stopped and watched her sing yeah. for, I don't know, five songs Amazing. or something. Yeah. Well, talking about um, music... Um, it's quite extraordinary. I had a, a, a friend of mine who's in uh, uh, Rio, in Brazil at the moment, um, and he phoned me 
Um, and he said, I, wasn't, I didn't manage to get to the phone in time. And I listened to the message afterwards and it was, Laura, Laura, you have to listen to this woman called LP and you have to listen to a song called uh, Last on Lost, you. Lost on You. Um, and he was so insistent and so enthusiastic about it that I did and I loved it. And I put it up on Facebook and, and then you I loved saw it. it and I love it. Isn't she amazing? She's amazing. Yeah. Um, thank you, Troy, by the way. Troy Weir for yes, doing that. Thank you, Troy. Um, when I was, it was a video of her and, and she's yeah. kind of looks like Bob Dylan. She's really <laughs> adrenaline. Yeah. Tall, skinny, black, curly mop of a hair. Interesting face. Yeah. And a really great voice. Amazing. Just incredible, isn't it? Yeah. Do you think we can play a little bit? Yeah, at the end, uh, you guys, we'll put it a little bit at the end. Um, It's so good. I think we only can legally play 20 seconds of it. But but you'll get the the, the gist of it. Yeah, but LP, the song is called Lost on You, and it's it's really good. It's really good. yeah, so um, maybe what I'll do is um, at the beginning of our podcast, I'll throw yeah. in a little bit of opera. That would be great. Let's have a bit of opera okay. and a bit of LP. Okay, so put some opera for you and yeah. LP at the end. Um, I think we're going to leave it at that today, yeah. you guys. And we'll see you, well, we'll hear you. You'll hear us next week with another bottle of wine from Barcelona. I yeah, and, and, and possibly an interview, guest interview. Yes, I think so, we are, yeah. Um, stay warm. Stay warm. Tomorrow's in bulk, the middle of winter, which means Hurrah! we're halfway through. Thank God! Okay, <laughs> days care. are getting longer. Bye. Bye, you guys. Thank you. Bye.